Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Seth Turner about shifting the leadership mindset around worker leave. Seth Turner, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks, John. Uh, Excited to, to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you today. You're joining us from the Denver, Colorado area. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about shifting the leadership mindset around worker leave. Uh, The landscape is shifting and leadership mindset needs to shift. If we're going to be strategic and uh, impactful in leveraging leave uh, as a tool in the total compensation package and how we attract and retain good people. So these are the types of things we're going to be exploring together today. As we get started, I wanted to share Seth's bio with everybody. Seth Turner is the co-founder and chief strategy officer at AbsentSoft, an absent management SaaS solutions provider that delivers scalable software to manage FMLA, ADA, disability, and other forms of leave easily, efficiently, and cost-effectively. Seth has over 20 years of experience helping organizations solve their HR and absence management challenges. As an industry expert in employee leave management, Seth set out to build leave and accommodation software to help the biggest companies in the world take better care of their employees by optimizing their leave and accommodation experience. Prior to founding AbsentSoft, Seth held leadership roles at Hewitt Associates, Mercer, and Reed Group focused on outsourcing and technology solutions for leave of absence and employee benefits. Seth has an MIS degree from Indiana University and an MBA from Northwestern University. A wonderful background, pleasure to be with you. Anything else you would like to share by way of your background or personal context before we just dive on in? No, not at all, Jonathan. That's just a long way of saying I've spent a lot of time doing leave and have a real passion for helping employers be more effective in how they do it and being able to focus on how they can um, improve their employee satisfaction and and really drive that retention through leave, leave management. Yeah, well, thank you. And and you do, you have a tremendous background um, and experience in a variety of different uh, companies doing this and helping a lot of different organizations to do it. And shall I say, like, I love the HR space. I got so excited when I was new, you know, when I was a university student, actually, and kind of getting excited. And then my those first jobs and early in my career, getting into the HR space. Um, but this idea of like, managing FMLA and ADA, like, 
that doesn't always seem like the sexiest kind of HR topic or like the the most fun. And so sometimes it gets a little bit of a bad rap, but it really can and should be a heavily leveraged strategic advantage for an organization. And so often employees have horrible employee experience around these systems um, where it's just frustrating and aggravating and just so hard to navigate, um, so hard to figure out what they're doing, how to do it. Uh, And so if we can alleviate any of those pressures, it really can be a differentiator in terms of employee experience uh, and help you to brand yourself, your organization as an employer of choice. Very much. And I think, you know, when we started that was all all focused on how do we help HR process, I, I call it administrivia, but how do you get rid of that piece of it so you can spend time focused on your employees and dealing with the, the people that really need help. And that's, you know, that's what, what it comes down to is how do we automate and make more efficient the things that don't add necessarily value to the transactional part of leave and make that leave a, a value added relationship and an engagement with the employee. Um, I think, you know, everything shows how that, that benefits the, the organization overall from a productivity and, and just an employee satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Things have been shifting, right? Like we're in a slightly different world, perhaps a dramatically different world today than maybe three years ago. Um, the pandemic really provided us with a lot of opportunity to reevaluate and assess, um, in some cases, undo some of the patterns of the past, challenge assumptions and, you know, the way we've always done things. And, and in many ways, we've started to do things differently. One way that, you know, we've seen the evolution of the of the workplace and, and as we've moved into the future of work is that there just has been a shift in how people think about leave, the types of leave, um, those sorts of things. So maybe walk us through a little bit of what you're seeing on your end in terms of shifts and adjustments that have been happening during and as we've kind of been coming out of the pandemic. Yeah, I think it's it's changed so dramatically. And when I started doing this many years ago, it was all about leave abuse and how do we drive that down? And it was very punitive. You know, somebody asks for a leave and you send them through these hoops and hurdles to try to get one approved. And then, you know, as we started to get to that 3% unemployment, people started to look at, okay, how do we use leave and make this easier and, you know, use it as a um, frictionless experience for the employees and, and keep them happy. And then the pandemic hit and all of a sudden leave rates go up 300%, you know, from just people being out with COVID or caring for family members that have COVID. The states are passing lots of laws, the federal government's passing lots of laws, and it just became a real pain point for people. And so that's, I think, um, you know, one of the things that's changed is just um, that also drove some awareness at the senior leader levels within organizations that they're trying to find out where their people are and all the people that are managing those leads are doing it on spreadsheets or manually and they can't find them. So it drove a real focus on how do we really account for our employees? How do we do that? And, and at the same time, there's been a huge shift in the paid parental leave and, and offering more robust benefits. Um, you know, maternity and paternity are probably the ones that are at the forefront of that, but sabbaticals and other uh, types of leave have picked up steam. And so I think employees are really looking or employers are really looking at the fact that, you know, 401k plans are kind of normalized, you know, healthcare benefits are kind of where they are. And so what's the next step in the 
um, you know, in, in the, the war for talent. And a lot of that comes down to leaves and how can we offer them as a benefit that, that will attract people. I know we've, we've hired three or four employees this year that were, were either um, in the process of adoption or pregnant at the time. And I think it allowed them to make a shift knowing that they would have that time at, even right when they came on board. And so I think we're seeing a lot of our clients that are looking at how do we offer more robust benefits than we're legally required to in order to, to use that as a differentiator as, as we go out and, and we compete for talent. Yeah. And, I, and I'm curious, this is a little bit of a tangent, but uh, it just kind of struck me as you were talking about everything during the pandemic and remote work and hybrid work and, you know, people just nav- navigating and, and uh, trying to deal with, you know, like, I, for example, I have six children, all six children were schooling at home during the pandemic. So my wife and I are both working from home, trying to help our kids with their school while doing our jobs it's a nightmare, you know, like, so we, I think we handled it fairly well and, and navigated that, but it, it was hard and, and lots of families were dealing with that. And so that was just one of many examples of the types of things people were dealing with that, whether they had COVID or not was driving up leave. Um, and, and really, and it, it, this was, this predated the pandemic, but we've started to see some companies move towards this idea of unlimited leave, unlimited time off, Right. Uh, unlimited vacation time. Um, and there's been lots of critiques of this as well, by the way, but uh, but it's an interesting idea. And I'm wondering how that has fit into the landscape as you've seen things shift over the last few years. Yeah, we, you know, we've certainly seen a, a movement towards that. And I think, you know, the the success of that is, you know, it's, it's still up in the air. I think the, it, it does give employees a lot of freedom, but I also think it's incumbent upon managers and leadership to encourage them to use it. Because I think that, um, you know, when you don't have a balance and you're not tracking to that, it, it sometimes leaves a perception in employees' mind that they're going to be penalized for using it. And so I think there's um, just rolling out a policy like that and saying, you, you know, all of a sudden you have unlimited PTO is only part of the the step. The next is to make sure you're tracking and enforcing. And, you know, we've we've seen some clients that go as far as to, you know, say everybody's off on this Friday, so you're not looking for emails from people or you're not, you know, you're not expected to be there and you can actually take that break. Because I think, you know, the the other underlying trend coming out of the pandemic has been mental health and the impact there. And, you know, so much has shown that just taking a break can help from, you know, reduce some of that stress and give time. Because, you know, I have two young kids as well and that schooling at home and trying to, you know, run a company full time was, it was, it was a lot. And so I, I, you know, I have great sympathy and then commiserate with everybody that went through that. And and I think it, it is, um, it's, you know, shined a new light on the importance of us spending time with our kids and our families and the value of that. And so I think we're, you know, we're just, we're seeing employers really try to put things in place to, you know, to c- continue on that momentum and give people the time to do that. And, you know, still with, obviously we've got to drive, business results. And so it's, it's a tough balance for, for a lot of them, but I, I do think it all starts with when you roll out a policy like that, you've got to figure out how you encourage people to use it. Because if you can't measure, um, if you can't, if you can't, if, if it's a benefit that nobody uses, then it's not really a benefit. Yeah, exactly. Lots of organizations have lots of things that they say are their benefits. <laughs> and, uh, and and sometimes they just try to have the, you know, the the big long list to say, to say, be able to say to people, see, look what we do, but nobody, it's really hard to use or nobody knows how to use it. Or many people don't even know what's actually there. Um, 
and and so yeah it has to be utilized it has to actually be relevant and matter to people for it to actually be true benefit um and you you articulated well you know with with the leave unlimited leave issue um the critique of it is that actually there's been quite a bit of research that has shown companies that use unlimited time off often their people use less time off um and and that's unfortunate. And then it comes back to the culture uh, within the organization and the modeling of senior leadership and what, you know, because what they do is what their people are going to do. And if they never take time off or take very limited amounts of time off, then their people are going to feel like they're going to be, you know, in some way, may, maybe not directly punished, but they they will suffer, you know, setbacks in their progression and careers or just the way they're perceived if they take time off. And so we need to make sure that whether it's unlimited time off or we have kind of the structured leave um, and PTO kind of buckets uh, that we we encourage people to take it uh, so that they can have work-life blend, work-life balance so that they can monitor their own mental health and, you know, their own well-being and make sure that they're taking care of themselves and their families in addition to doing the work for the company that's going to make their work and their efforts more sustainable. And in the long run, it's going to help the company be more successful. So anyways, that's kind of a little bit of a side uh, topic and comment, um, but I thought it was worth um, noting. So and I think and I think you made an excellent oh, point on the, on, I think you made an excellent point on it's the lead by example, right? I mean, there's a lot of ways that that's important within an organization, but I think you know, leading that PTO and saying, I'm going to be away, I'm not going to be checking email and giving people, you know, the, the right to say that is, is critically important because um, people need that time and everybody's working from home. They've got their laptop right there. And, you know, I was a remote worker for 20 years before this. And, you know, it's, it's hard to walk away from your computer and lock it in your office and not go check it at eight o'clock at night. And so we're, you know, you have to do a lot of things to make sure people do get that time to you know, decompress and reset and, and re-energize to come back to it the next day when they're ready to go. Well, and and perhaps this is another slight side kind of tangential comment, but it, it just kind of struck me as as you were talking, you know, some of this, it seems to me, kind of relates back to this idea of the quiet quitting that we see so many people talking about. And, and you know, there's a variety of things going on there, so I don't want to oversimplify it. Uh, and, I, and I know it's a challenge that leaders are facing, um, but I do kind of bristle when I, when I hear the idea that, you know, it, it's all on the employees who are, you know, quietly quitting the, these kind of lazy, entitled employees that are just trying to get away with doing the bare minimum. And I'm like, dude, all employees are constantly calibrating their effort. Um, you know, that's just the way it, it, it always works. And if you have a significant portion of your staff, your your employees, your workers who are quietly quitting, that is a signal <laughs> that y- your organization has some major issues uh, around its culture, around its processes, around the workload, around, you know, around the burnout um, of their people, uh, et cetera. And so uh, I think, I think it's really important to, to encourage people to take leave, to, to make sure that they're, they're uh, putting their holistic health as a top priority. Uh, and, you know, I was, ha- I was having a conversation with a CEO recently um, who she was talking about this important position uh, that they had. And she was frustrated because they'd gone through a couple different people, you know, kind of great resignation stuff um, where people just didn't stick around. And she was frustrated. And, and she's like, 
She's like, I know we can't pay that much. This is a really important position. I know it would be great if we paid more. We can't pay that much, but it is what it is. And and I just, I need to hire someone that, you know, for, for, you know, and she acknowledged like, we're probably paying 10, 20% below market for this position, but I need someone who's willing to give a thousand percent every day and be accessible 24 seven. And, you know, like, I'm like, your expectation is completely ridiculous. <laughs> like in what world are you going to be able to get someone to come and do that? Uh, and so sometimes we just need to reset and recalibrate our own thinking as leaders about what is actually reasonable. And if my feeling is that my people have to be willing to put in 60, 70, 80 hours a week, uh, and I'm constantly putting the screws to them to get more kind of blood out of the stone. Um, and, and, and I kind of discourage people taking time off and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? People are going to burn out. People are going to quietly quit. They're going to recalibrate while, you know, while they're looking for other options, they might end up leaving. And that's, I mean, that, that's indicative of other kind of systemic issues and culture issues within organizations. So it's, it's worth noting that I think, and, and just reminding leaders that, it's not all about your people being, you know, potentially lazy or just entitled or trying to get away with stuff or do the bare minimum. It, you know, it, part of it's just self-preservation, survival, um, and reprioritization, uh, uh, you know, of individual workers about what matters to them. Right. Yeah. I think it, you know, the, the pandemic changed everybody's mindset about, you know, what's important to them and made them rethink that. And I think we, we see, and, you know, we've, uh, you know, coming through startup life, it was always about productivity, right? Like, what are the results? And in many cases, we couldn't pay, you know, market rates, but by changing the things like, you know, if you need to leave at three to go get your child at school, and you're going to spend a couple hours getting it done, you know, as long as you get the work done, we're, we're good. And that's, I think, really become a, a, an important part of how we still manage people. And I think you, you hit on a great part with culture, because we doubled in size during the pandemic. And, we had people that had never seen the office, had never been to Denver even. And so it um, it really changed the way we think about how we onboard, how we build that relationship with new employees, how we, you know, really instill that culture of, you know, personal responsibility and collaboration with the team. And it, it takes a lot more effort now to, you know, do that because you're not in the office all the time. But it it's, I think it's forced a lot of our leaders that felt like they needed to see people at their desks to say, let's measure are they getting the stuff done that needs to be done? And just being present is not as, as important as, you know, what they're delivering. And so we've, you know, it's, it's, it's forced all, all leaders to rethink that relationship with the office and the work and, and, and with their employees and, and to make sure that, you know, in this, especially in this really tight labor market that we're, you know, we're providing a good experience for them, but that they're also, you know, they feel that we care about them and that we want the best for them from a, both the health and uh a mental well-being and that's you know it's it's I, it's really nice to be having these conversations now because it's it's something you know within hr that i think everybody's wanted to do but now it's it's at the forefront of you know if i i, I hear employee experience 15 or 20 times a, a day from different clients and different prospects and i think it's a it, it's an exciting conversation an exciting time in both the hr and the leave space As we consider the butts and seats thing, that has always been a, a pet peeve of mine for for years, uh, and it it 
that mentality persists. There's still plenty of people uh, who who feel like if you're not having like FaceTime in the physical office, if your butt isn't in your seat and you're not there from, you know, 730 in the morning until seven at night, that you're a slacker, you know, whatever. We all know that there are plenty of people who are slackers who uh, spend all day at work. So that doesn't mean anything, you know, and, and are people productive? Are they efficient? You know, do they collaborate well? Are they just creative thinkers? Like, None of that is directly correlated to how much time your butt is in your seat in the physical office space. So it's really silly. It's always been silly. I think um, more people recognize it's silly today uh, than in the past. And particularly with younger people, they're just like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Um, But there's plenty of leaders who still have that mindset. I run into it every day. And, and I think it's worth pushing back on and challenging. Um, uh, there there are absolutely times when it's helpful uh, to have people together in the office. And, you know, if you have a particular reason uh, with an objective for a meeting or something uh, where bringing everyone together makes sense, then go for it. Absolutely. But there's a lot of times in a lot of types of jobs where it just doesn't matter. And, and having kind of arbitrary guidelines around butts and seats is silly and it's it's again that mindset and that culture is also what then drives a lot of people not taking the leave that's available whether it's unlimited pto or it's just kind of the traditional buckets of leave that organizations tend to have um, that they just don't feel like they can because uh, they feel like they're constantly being monitored um, and and they just feel like if i'm not making my physical presence actively seen then it's going to hurt me I, I've seen that so many times and it, it really is silly. We need to get past it. Um, I wanted to shift gears just a little bit as we get into kind of the final little little um, bit of our conversation. It's a tight labor market right now. Uh, that could shift, you know, where we might be heading into a recession, um, but the unemployment rate is still really low. There's still, I think I saw a report out just a few days ago saying in the U.S. there's 1.8 open jobs for every person who's looking. So clearly we still have a, a labor um, shortage. Uh, and so companies are, are short-staffed, reduced workforces, um, concerns about inflation and, and recession. All of that are is on the table and it, it makes it challenging. So how can companies go about offering leave or more leave as a benefit and make it more accessible and easier to do? Um, when they're already dealing with the workforce. I mean, I could understand how a leader could be saying, we're already at like 80% capacity. Um, you know, we're, we're understaffed. We we don't have enough people. I don't want my people going on leave because we need them here so we can, you know, provide our products and services to the market. So what what's your thinking around that? I, I think anywhere where you can create a leave that's planned, you can can manage it way better than the unplanned, right? And that's, I think, where these policies come in. If you can plan for somebody to be gone for a week or two weeks and, you know, and, and shift in the short term to, to support that. Um, number one, you're going to, you, you still be able to hit all your production numbers and all those other things. And then on, on the second side is what, what tends to happen is if you continue to just drive forward is people start to burn out and then you get these intermittent absences and things you can't plan for, which have a huge impact on your productivity, because then you're trying to bring in temps, you're trying to have people work overtime and you create a culture of resentment around people that aren't there. And so I think anywhere we can structure it so that you're planning for that person to be gone and making, you know, to, to your point earlier, making it okay for them to be gone, they're going to get more out of their time off. You're not going to see the business disruption you would see if 
you know, eventually they either, you know, have to take some time for a medical or some, some other thing driven by that stress or God forbid they just quit, right? Because they can't handle that. And so I, I do think there's, you got to shift that mindset to say, how do I use this to retain them, to, you know, keep them fresh and to, to keep moving forward. And I think that's, that's a, a big part of, of that, uh, you know, that strategy and in, in how you manage time off. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Planning is is helpful. And so just, you know, if everyone can just be considerate and thoughtful towards their coworkers uh, and coordinate a little bit. And and if as a leader, you can, again, lead by example, um, have open conversations with your people and and be a team player yourself and, and help others around them or around you on your team to be team players. Like I think most people want to do right by others. And most people want to be helpful with their team. Um, most people don't want to leave everyone hanging out to dry um, because they're gone that, you know, and so as long as we're having these conversations and there's not like a toxic, you know, environment of silence and like no safety for people to just even express, I'm feeling burned out. I need to take a mental health day. I need, you know, those sorts of things, as long as we have an environment where it's open and, and where we can share these things and talk about it and, and then uh, coordinate and plan in advance uh, that resolves a lot of the challenges and the issues. There was a, Oh man, this, it was, it was probably a month or so ago, but I saw this, this kind of, tr this tweet thread where um, I think it was a, it was a fast food joint or something like that. And, and the manager was ticked off because they were having a hard time with like staffing and stuff. And so they came out with this policy, this like blanket policy, Oh, it was actually, it was because people were quitting. So they, they came up with this policy that you have to give, um, instead of like two weeks notice, you have to give one month's notice before you quit. Uh, and it was like this kind of diatribe thing that went out to all the employees and they're all, you know, it was like a joke. Like, yeah. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? And they all just quit because like, why are they going to be there? Uh, I mean, sometimes there's just kind of a nonsensical response and I get it. It's, it's, it's in reaction to pressure. It's in reaction to the kind of the harsh challenges that managers and leaders are facing as they're trying to staff. I get it. I get it's hard, um, but you definitely want uh, to, to create that culture where these things can be openly discussed and, and handled. Well, Seth, this has just been a real pleasure. I know at the time I need to let you go here in just a minute, but before we wrap things up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, uh, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Sure. No, um, you can reach us at www.absensoft.com or contact at absensoft.com by email or feel free to email me directly, seth at absensoft.com. So it's been a pleasure talking with you, John, and um, certainly it's a exciting topic. We could probably go for another couple hours, but I'm not sure anybody would want to listen to that. <laughs> so um, thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, thanks again, John. Thanks, Seth. It's been a pleasure. I encourage everyone to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Seth and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support.
Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.